Good morning. Good to see you today. You look great. Tell the person next to you how great you look at the sights. Welcome to you. Tell them too. Aren't you glad you're with the people you're with right now? For the most part. You know, it's good to just come to church together because no matter how difficult it is on the way there, you just feel so guilty being mean during church, you know. I just encourage couples, you know, you can fight all the way to church and it's, you know, Saturday night's all right for fighting, it seems like, you know, but then you come to to church and you might be at one another's throats all during the morning and then then you come into church and say, good morning, you know, oh, you know. you know, I'm from Houston, and so we heard Joel Osteen a lot, and, and I listen to a whole lot of different speakers, and I just, if you're preaching the gospel, I'm all for you. I just have a hard time casting any stones at anybody. I just love everybody. Have you ever asked me, do you like this one or that one or the other one? I'm probably going to say, I love them all. They're all talking about Jesus. That's wonderful. But, there, but there's this, you know, down in Houston, there's this over, like you hear Joel all the time, all the time, and if I listen long enough, I start to, like, if I listen to a person long enough, I have this imitation ability to where I start to sound like them. And I got to be really careful not to do that, you know, because then I could sound like, you know, you could go a long way with a good attitude. It's like, dear God, I'm becoming him. That's not, that's not cool. Uh, We're talking about being renewed. And uh, I'm really excited about this series. Last week we talked about being, some of you are still like recoiling over that imitation that I did. Come back. Uh, and, And we're talking about being renewed. We're talking last week about being renewed on the inside. We have this great opportunity as believers that at any given moment we can turn to Jesus and we can apologize or we can do the inner work that needs to happen immediately. We can repent. Repent simply means to change your mind. It's a real easy thing. And it can happen because of his grace at any given moment and we get to start fresh and brand new. I'm so thankful that we don't have to live perfect. We don't have to live under some, you know, restraint-minded, oh, if I don't do exactly the right thing and say exactly the right stuff. We have incredible grace. And so we're these people who can just fall down and we just, what happens in the Christian life? You just get real good at getting back up. You just get real quick. You used to fall down and stay down and beat yourself up and oh, then you realize there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit, a life in Christ Jesus set us free from the law of sin and death. I'm just going to get on back up. And you just get better and better at getting back up and you realize that's a real, that's a real part of the Christian life. There's this mercy that's new every single morning that we just, ha- we just need to continue to rely on and say, Father, if it's new every morning, that's telling me I need it at least once a day, probably more than that. I can be completely renewed on the inside. If you're inspecting and wondering about a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you. It's very easy. He paid an incredible price and he went through the great difficulty so that for us, We can simply believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, and we can receive eternal life from him. And it really is that simple. Not simple for him, but simple for us. Today we want to talk about being renewed in your mind. The opportunity, think about this, for the people that you live with to have brand new thoughts. Wouldn't that be great? Let's not think about ourselves for just a second, but just the people around you, you know, wouldn't it be great? 
we have this opportunity not just to be renewed because of his mercy on the inside, but we actually can have a completely different way of thinking. As a matter of fact, I think if you start to interact with Jesus, you start to interact with his word very much, what you find out over time is that you think differently than you ever did before. They say that the average person has 50,000 thoughts a day. Men are included in that study, by the way, ladies. <laughs> Albeit 20,000 of our thoughts are the same about food. We understand that or whatever. But, but 50,000 thoughts. And our thoughts impact, I don't have to tell you this, what we think about and what our mind is continually on. And that inner dialogue that only you know about greatly impacts you and the people around you. What your inner dialogue is greatly impacts you. I thought of uh, Dan Jansen, who I watched growing up in the Olympics, a speed skater. And he set a world record in the 500 meter. And he was really the hope of the United States at the Olympics. But the first Olympics that he was in, uh, just before that, his sister tragically died. And it affected him during that Olympic, uh, during his races. He just didn't perform. So you train four more years, and the thrill of watching the Olympics is they get one opportunity to do that one thing that they do best, and they've been training all these years. His second Olympics, the pressure and the stress, again, a world record holder and expected to win, and he didn't. He faltered. His third Olympics come up, and now he knows that this is his last opportunity, but he ends up being in a race of the 1,000-meter uh, speed skating race. And he wasn't expected to be in that. He didn't, had no records in it. He, he, there was no expectation. Well, he had all the pressure kind of relieved. There was really nothing in his mind. He was just able to totally flow and be free and race that race. Not only did he get his, his gold medal, but he set a world record. Why is that? It's because how we're thinking in our own minds, that inner dialogue that we're having really does matter. Corey Ten Boom said, if you, if you want to be distressed, think about the world. If you want to be depressed, think about you. But if you want rest, think about him. And Scripture says uh, uh, he keeps in perfect peace, perfect peace, whose mind is kept and stayed on him. Don't think of just things of this world, but actually think of heaven or think of the Lord. Think of things not of the earth and on the earth, but think of things above the earth. And so we want to just unpack this this morning, thinking about having a renewed mind. We'll start here. This is the, the scripture, 2 Corinthians 4.16, kind of where we're launching off from, from this series. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though we will admit that our out, outward man is perishing, <sighs> yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. We don't lose heart because we know that we're growing older and older on the outside. Stuff is happening to our bodies, and it will continue to happen. My wife and I had this conversation this week about the fact that I'm going to get some glasses. It wasn't a fun conversation. It's the conversation of a 43-year-old man who has been in complete denial about the aging process for far too long, and she took way too much pleasure in the conversation, I might add. But we know that we're perishing on the outside. 
This body's not going to make it forever, and it's going to have to be completely renewed. We're going to have to put this old thing off to be with him in eternity anyway. We understand that, but we don't lose hope. Why? Because on the inside, we're renewed. We're older and older on the outside, but there is a childlike capability on the inside of us to stay tender and new and soft towards the Lord and towards others and towards life to where as we get older, we can actually get better on the inside. My dad, who is uh, now in his 70s uh, during our Christmas break, he was sitting at the table and he said, I just love the age I am right now. And, and, and why? He's looking around at the family, you know. He's looking around at the kids, and he's just, I could tell, and it, it gave me joy to hear him say it. I just love the, you know, you can love every age, no matter the outside is perishing. How do you love every age? Well, you understand that on the inside, we're being renewed every single day. And our mind, not just on the inside, but our mind, the way of thinking, our frame of mind, in Scripture, the mind talks about the seed of emotions, you know, uh, even the things, the affections that we have, the desires that we have, the self-control that we have. The, 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 not just the physical brain matter, but actually uh, uh, the mind is, is more than we just give it credit for. And we have the opportunity to have that renewed. Look at the Scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says this, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me start here with this transformed part. Our mind has the capacity to be transformed, I believe primarily by the way that it interacts with God's thoughts. The transformation here is actually a metamorphosis. It's where we get our word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is, in, in my simple mind, is best described by the Incredible Hulk. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, on a certain night of the week, it was Dukes of Hazard, it was the A-Team, and it was the Incredible Hulk. And don't talk to me about anything else, I'm watching TV. And the Incredible Hulk was one of my favorites because I think it was Bill Bixby who said, you know, and he had a different name every show, you know, and that sad song that they play when he's walking off at the end of the show. I just have such fond memories of this thing. And, and he would say, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And of course, they make him angry every show, and you can't wait as a kid for him to get angry. And they, they describe it as a metamorphosis that happens. There's something tangible, biological, physical that transpires in his body that changes him into Lou Ferrigno, you know, the incredible Hulk, you know. This is actually the metamorphosis that we're talking about, the potential. It's actually uh, the same thing that's used, the same word in Scripture is used when Jesus was transfigured on the mount. He took uh, a couple disciples with him. He went up on the mountain, and he was transfigured. Uh, they describe it in Scripture as his, as his clothes being bright white, whiter than, you know, any cleaner could ever get them. There was something physical that happened at the transfiguration. To his body, he became changed. There was a metamorphosis that happened. And we have this potential in our own mind, not just, I believe, in the spirit of it, not just the idea of it, but I actually believe there is this potential for a metamorphosis to occur, for the way that we've always thought to actually be changed, 
for things in our mind to fire in different ways, for us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to create new railways of thought that we never had before. It's so natural for us to have every thought go down. It's so natural for us to love bad news. God said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. As the heavens separate the earth, so my thoughts completely separate your thoughts. He's saying, my Facebook posts are not your Facebook posts, okay? (laughs) My Twitter feed is nothing like your Twitter feed. Our thoughts naturally go down. As soon as we hear the least bit of bad news, we have this terrible human fallen imagination that has the capacity to play out in our own mind the worst possible scenario and then start to worry about that vain imagination. We have that capacity to do that. And it seems so natural that we would fear, that we would be conformed to the world. This is what it means to be conformed to the world's way of thinking. Well, how's the world think? Well, not hopeful. (laughs) Have you watched the news lately? It's natural for the world to think and the, the, the spirit of this age without any notion that God exists. To be completely hopeless and in despair is natural. It's a worldly way that we could easily be pressed into and conformed into thinking. That there would be no hope, that there's despair, uh, that there's fear at every turn. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. If there's something that's gripping you with fear, you can know this for sure. God did not send it your way. I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I actually, you want to identify what I've given you? I've given you love. What if every single thought that you had was loving towards him, towards you, and towards others? It would change the way you live. I've given you love, and I've given you power, and I've given you a sound mind. Oh, isn't that great? A sound mind is a gift from Almighty God to his people. Now, I know what I'm talking about here. A sound mind. At 24 years old, you've heard the story, and I went through and suffered a nervous breakdown and roamed the streets of my college town and ended up in a psychiatric hospital. And and you say, how does this guy end up being a pastor? Well, you got to come to Cincinnati. (laughs) Got to find people who get you, you know. Uh, It's just the grace of God. I know what it's like not to have a sound mind. And it's torment. When you can't make sense of things, when you can't make a sound decision, when you're scattered, when you're shakable, when you're movable, when you're you're double-minded in all of your ways, these are all evidences of a mind that is not sound, and it is not what God has for his people at all. As a matter of fact, for anybody who would call on his name, he would give you a sound mind. That's one of the gifts that he has for us as his kids. A sound mind allows you to make decisions. I mean, it gives you clarity. It gives you, it gives you focus and purpose. Allows you to accomplish things for his kingdom that you couldn't accomplish before. It makes you better as a person. It gives you peace on the inside. It's not just what's between your ears, but it transcends down into your spirit and your heart. affects everything in your life when you have a sound mind. It's interesting, when Jesus went to the demoniac, uh, you remember this story where the demoniac, uh, he couldn't be chained. He had no clothing. He was wild. Nobody could contain this man. He had a thousand, a legion of demons residing on the inside of him. 
Jesus comes and goes where no other man can go, and he, and he delivers this guy, and, and, and all of the demons that are in him, you remember, they go into the swine, and then the pigs fly over the cliff. It's the biblical origin of the flying pig marathon. <laughs> I bet you didn't know that, did you? I, I know some things about Cincinnati now, but you didn't know. It's an image. There's, there's pigs with wings on poles in Cincinnati. You knew that, didn't you? I didn't know that. And they flew over, and what was, what was the evidence that there was no more demonic activity? He was seated and clothed, thank you, Lord, and in his right mind. If there's torture in this life, it occurs in the mind. Depression is a certain, and I understand it, it is a torturous thing to endure. Where does the torture occur? It occurs in our mind and in our thoughts. Scripture says that we can take every thought captive, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we can actually take captive and we can put it down. I believe he has for us a sound mind, for every single one of us. I'm so thankful that he touched my mind and that my mind is sound. And he has that for us every single day. And there's some partnership that we can do with him. There, you know, the interesting thing about the Lord is, that, is uh, that we partner with him. It's in tandem with him. It's not just all him and not us. The challenges that we have is where those two kind of interact. Where he also says, now I want you to take these thoughts captive. And we say, well, we want you to take them captive, Lord, you know. We want you to do this work in us. And could you just wave a magic Jesus wand over me and poof? I mean, wouldn't that be nice? But he doesn't do that. With us, he says, I want your partnership in this. I want you to rely on my grace and I want you to do some stuff and I'll do my part and you do your part and together it's gonna be a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to work in tandem with him. And, and the beauty of it is that it's our choice. And that's the beauty of love, that choice that we have to work with him in this. But I can promise you, as you work with him in this renewing of the mind, he has brand new thoughts. Let me, let me go into this and we'll share just a few of the new thoughts that we can have. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 1. I'll use this story and we'll talk about a renewed mind and kind of some thoughts that we can have here. Uh, Jesus entered Jericho. Now, I'm changing gears. We're going to talk about Zacchaeus for just a second. He entered Jericho and he was passing through. Picture this. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Don't you already not like this guy? And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, all the people, they all grumbled. He's gone in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus was a hated man, and he was not among friends at this moment. He was in a crowd of people, and they were not like him. 
but he was curious. He was curious about Jesus. Let me pause for just a second. I have a friend who's an attorney who, has, who was telling me about a colleague of his. And the colleague has been asking about Jesus and what Jesus means to him as an attorney in his life. This is two attorneys talking about Jesus. There's no punchline here, by the way. <laughs> Some of you were hoping for one or you were surprised that there are friends that are attorneys. I'm sorry. And, and so we're talking about this and my attorney friend is so excited because now he's exchanging emails with this guy. And what is this guy? He's just curious. Don't discount the curious. Don't discount the curious. If you're here or if you're at a site and you're curious, just stick around. Climb a tree. Check it out. Get curious. It's okay. And Jesus embraced his curiosity as faith. He started off just curious. And he's willing to humble himself enough to get up in a tree just to see uh, what all the ruckus is about. But there's interest there. Now, Jesus comes up to the tree, and I, I, I just so enjoy this fact that I know that Jesus saw Zacchaeus, and not only saw him, but saw through him, saw his faith, saw his curiosity as faith, and said, this self-invitation of Jesus, I'm coming to your house today. Immediately, Zacchaeus had to think, have I cleaned my house lately? The Messiah is coming, you know, to my house. But he jumped down and he was joyful, not as so many of the Pharisees who invited him over to judge him, but there was this openness about Zacchaeus, immediately, a joyful, ready to receive Jesus to his house. And here we find, uh, you know, Jesus with this self-invitation. It's a good reminder for all of us that we didn't seek him out. It's not because you're so smart or I'm so smart. You didn't find Jesus. Let me give you a bit of information. He traveled way further than you did to get to one another. And he did this with Zacchaeus too. I'm coming to your house. When you were yet sinners, yet God, I loved you so much, I'm going to seek you out. So he seeks him out. Now here they are at the house. Do you find Jesus eating food a lot with people and just over at the house? And he's talking and he's eaten. They called him a, a sinner. They called him a glutton. They called him a drunk because he was constantly having friends in low places, you know? And so there he is eating with him, having fun, talking, laughing, sharing fellowship. And it so impacts Zacchaeus. I mean, if the people that you work with and the people in your family really ever met Jesus, I mean, and knew him for who he was, not who we think he is, wouldn't they love him? Wouldn't they just absolutely just think he's wonderful? They would. And so here he is having this meal, and Zacchaeus so impacted by the conversation of the Messiah and just everything about him that he stands up and proves how renewed his thinking is going to be. I mean, he's been transformed during this conversation. He stands up, and I can prove it to you, because this is a man who has earned his money through extortion. And he stands up and says, I'm going to give money away. I have this brand new thought that I've never thought before. I've been going around and getting everybody's money, but now I just have this incredible urge to make everything right, and I am going to give away what I've been. So everything about me right now is so changed and renewed by being with Jesus that I'm going to take my gifts, my resources, my ability, and the only thing I know about life, and I'm going to leverage it for the kingdom. 
Jesus immediately, how much joy he must have felt at that moment for him, for Zacchaeus. Well, Zacchaeus, you've just discovered the secret to life. You have just found salvation. And Jesus makes the pronouncement, salvation has come here. Hey, to all the crowd of people who call this man a sinner, who don't like the fact that I'm here, let me, let, me, let me make it plain for you. This is the reason that I came to the earth to seek Zacchaeus, to seek people just like this who need complete mind renewal, and I'm going to save them. That's why I'm actually here right now is to seek and save the lost. This guy's a son of Abraham. He's top notch. He's with me. He's one of us. Oh, isn't this great? And they, and they celebrated his mind was completely renewed. And we know this because, uh, let's look in Luke 12, 6 and 7. It says this, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. The first thought that might be new for us and something good for us to remember is that God is interested in you. That alone is a miracle. If I could wake up every single morning of every single day after a cup of coffee and look in the mirror and say, God is interested in you, Rob, that would be a profound mind renewal thought. God knows your address. He knows where you live. He knows what you struggle with. He knows your thoughts before you think them from afar off. He knows your reaction. He knows your responses. He knows your struggles. He knows your issues. He's interested in you. He sees you in the tree. He sees you. He sees you by the tree. He sees your secret thoughts. He's thinking of you. Scripture says that his thoughts towards us are so many that they can't even be counted. You know what God's thinking about today? thinking about us, thinking about his people. Just that thought alone is renewal. And I, I have a feeling that Zacchaeus knew that. When he jumped down joyfully from the tree, he's thinking of me. He's thinking of me. He's interested in me. He knows me. There is this tendency among us humans to always feel like we never measure up. Always. No matter what you try or what you do, or uh, there's this gnawing knowing that you're just not good enough and you'll compare yourself to others or you'll think those. I, I just want to give you the freedom that you don't have to think that. You don't have to be tormented by that thought. You can know there's a God who loves you and who's interested in you. The beautiful thing is that we don't have to walk perfectly. <laughs> we get grace. So we get to walk and do our best and and then he gets to make up the difference. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the Spirit set us free from the law of sin and death. And we get to walk in newness, brand newness of life. And I can completely relate. And, 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 and I want to tell you, it's so easy for us to compare and think of other people as better. or We're just not quite good enough. And the enemy wants to play on that. Whenever you say, oh, I'm just not doing it right. Man, he'll be there with you to whisper in your ear and say, you're right. But we can have a renewed thought. God is interested in us, and he makes us right through Jesus. But then it goes further than that. Not just that he's interested in me, but that he has chosen me. 1 Peter 2, 9 says this, but you are the ones chosen by God. 
Chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. This is our full-time work now, no matter how God has, has used you and employed you and given you gifts and talents, whatever your work is and whatever you do, I know a good percentage of folks here at P&G. It's like everybody I meet, yeah, P&G, P&G, I know. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're called to do or who you're around, he's given you that mission. He has chosen you to be his ambassador, his holy, chosen, peculiar, which means weird people. Weird people all over the place who would show forth the praises of him, who has called us out of darkness. We once were not children, but now we're the children of God. And everywhere we go, we've been chosen. You get this feeling that Zacchaeus was going to leave that house different, that when he was going to encounter people, it was going to be in reference to the meal that he had with Jesus, the night and day difference that Jesus had made in his life. And why aren't you taking money? Why, are, how, why in the world are you bringing? If you get a check this afternoon from the IRS, you'd be surprised. You'd be shocked. Just the word IRS just sent like, like waves of hate through the room. I understand that. But he's totally different. He's been chosen now by God, and he sees his mission as different. And this is where the, this is where the, the biggest part of the mind renewal happens with us, if I can say. The biggest part of the mind renewal is this. It's not about me. For all of us who know the Lord, there's this aha moment of mind renewal where our life, as we're more oriented towards him, is more oriented towards everybody else. Everywhere we go and every person we see starts to have that sense in us from the Spirit of God of how is the kingdom impacting their life? How are they doing? How can I encourage them? How can I strengthen them? How can I just be a help to them? So last week I told you a story of miserable failure about the bank, of how I just was so miserable. So let me tell you a success story I had this week. So I'm at the tire store. I have a flat tire when I go out. And so I get to go out in this wonderful weather again. You're welcome, by the way. I brought it from Houston. It never happens, but it's here now, and, and, and I'll never do it again. Uh, and I'm, I'm out in this weather, and I'm getting my tire fixed. There's a family, and, and there's nothing worse than sitting in a tire place when you should be home, you know. And we're sitting there, and there's a family there, and, the, and there's kids, and the kids are just in an uproar, you know, because there's nothing fun to do there. I would be doing the same thing, but people would look and stare. These kids are unhappy. They're expressing on the outside what we're all feeling on the inside. And the mom is just mortified, and she's trying to corral all these kids. And, and immediately, as a believer, this happens to us every single day. We're thinking, how can we be a blessing? How can we help? How can we encourage? How can we, what could we do? So I'm mentioning, I just don't want her to feel bad. I'm like, hey, how are you, man, I, he's about seven seven years old. I got a seven-year-old. Oh, man, they're terrible. And she's laughing. She feels a little bit better. And then I remembered something. Somebody had given me a gift. It was in the backseat of my car. And, uh, and, and I thought, I know, I can, I, can, I can help this situation. And so I went to her and I said, hey, uh, do they do Ninja Turtle? I mean, Ninja Turtles, do your, do your sons enjoy that? Oh, yeah, they love that. I said, I've been given something. And, and I don't, I'm, can I give that to you? Would that be okay? And she's like, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. And they needed a toy in the worst way. Let me tell you, <laughs> I did this as much for myself as for them. So I go out to the car. 
<laughs> and I get the toy. I bring the toy in and I give it to the, I give it to the boys. And then uh, as I'm driving off, I'm watching those boys just dig into that present. And I'm just feel, oh man, it's not altruistic. It's totally selfish, you know, but it's kingdom. What can we do with what we've been given? With what, how do we give away what God has given to us? The stuff that we've been blessed with and encouraged by and the freedom that we have, the peace that we have, the healing that we have, how in the world can we get that as much as possible to everyone who needs it? That's our heart. And this is not, this is the heart of Zacchaeus. This is the heart of anybody who interacts with Scripture, interacts with the Lord. You grow in Jesus, all of a sudden, it's no longer about you. It's about everybody else who's around you. And there's so much more joy in that. Very seldom are generous people mentally ill. Just giving it away, and that's what it's about. And I was sitting, I'll close with this story. I was sitting over in the uh, healing center uh, yesterday. We had a meeting over there, and, um, and I just sometimes sit over there and just watch the awesome stuff that goes on as people come through the doors. People are being prayed for. People are getting food, and they're getting clothing, and they're being treated with such dignity. And it's just a loving environment. And I'm just sitting there watching. One of the volunteers comes up to me and says, uh, you're just kind of watching, aren't you? I said, yeah, I'm just watching the kingdom happen here. And I'm just enjoying it so much. This is what we're about, giving it away. And 10 cents of every dollar that's given as a whole to this place, at least that much, goes totally over to the healing center. You're making all that happen. And I learned some things this week I want to share with you. The healing center in 2013... 715 volunteers, you, 38,000 hours of free service to the people of this community. I thought that was wonderful. 442 adult education sessions were held and people were impacted. Check this out, 13,954 one-on-one Zacchaeus moments, support instances happened in 2013. And then one of my favorites is that English as a second language, 20 different countries were represented by folks who were in those classes. Uh, this is what the kingdom is all about. This is what happens to people who have mind renewal. My prayer for us this week is that we would interact with God's word on a daily basis, alone with him, that we would say, Father, what do you think about this situation? I know what I think and I know what I feel, but you give me your word on this situation and I will agree with you. I'll repent, which simply means to change your thinking. Literally, repentance shouldn't be a scary thing. It's just changing your thinking from agreeing with what you thought and you thought you were smart. I thought I was smart. No, I just repented. What did I do? I realized I wasn't that smart and I got with God. And I said, God, I agree with what you're thinking on this matter. In any and every area, my prayer is that areas of anxiety, fear, worry, and doubt, concern, and dread, that you would submit those to the Father and say, Father, you tell me your thoughts on this, and I'll start to agree with your thoughts. And I'm telling you, based on the word of God, as we do that, as we partner with him in that, our mind will start to be renewed. We'll start to have more of a sound mind and there will be more and more peace in our lives and more and more readiness to serve him and his purpose. This time I wanna turn it over to the sites and the site pastors and uh, say, go get them guys. And here, 
uh, would you just bow your heads with me and, and we'll pray before we go. Just for a moment, I'm going I'm to close in prayer, but just for a moment, if, if during the time that, that I was talking, you had an area in your life, a thought pattern that, that you just know that's probably not what God thinks about that situation. Then we're going to have a chance here just to repent. <laughs> and again, don't be scared. It just means I'm going to change my thinking. I'm going to submit my thoughts to God. So whatever area that might be, I just encourage you, just even right now, think of that area, give it to the Lord. Father, we want all of our thoughts to be in line with what you think. And uh, we want to partner with you in that. We thank you that you have given us the promise of a renewed mind, not just renewed on the inside, a renewed spirit, but also a renewed mind that we could actually have uh, and walk in the mind of Christ. We can grow taking steps every single day, and we thank you for that, Father. We submit to you every area of our thought life the, the, the thoughts that are pleasing and the thoughts that are not pleasing. We submit it all to you and we trust you. Father, we pray that the, the, the meditation of our heart, the thoughts that are on our minds would be pleasing to you. And Lord, we submit to you that when they're not pleasing, we'll bring them to you. We'll repent and we thank you that we can be completely renewed in that. Father, I pray for every family, every individual represented here today. God, I just ask you that... Uh, you would be with them in a special way. Give them your grace as they partner with you in this mind renewal, that they'd be encouraged, that they'd have peace, that they'd have new levels of joy. And we thank you for that. And Father, the end result, way beyond just us being whole and complete, yes, but then to be uh, positioned in such a way that we would give to the world what you have given to us. We pray, Father, that we would have even greater impact in 2014 with the people we work with and the people that we're around day in and day out. Father, we pray that you would send us curious people and we would be able to give to them words of life that would change them. We thank you for what you're doing here. We thank you for what you're doing in us. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Thanks for, for hanging with me for just a second longer before we go. I've got, I've got three things I need to mention. The first is this. Hang with me for just a second. If you felt God stirring on the inside as we were praying and you need to pray with somebody, there's a prayer team that'll be across the front. And I'm gonna tell you, you make their day. When you walk this way instead of that way, they get really excited. So I encourage you to do that. The second thing is this. In regards to the healing center, uh, we have people in the community room, in the atrium, that if you haven't volunteered there yet and you'd like to, they won't burn you out or wear you out, but they will be happy to sign you up. So uh, uh, if you can stop by the atrium, if you'd like to be involved in that or just have questions about that, right in the community room. And how would you like, last thing, how would you like to take the band home with you today? Some of you are like, I didn't bring the van. I can't do that. Okay. Uh, this is all local, homegrown, right here from Vineyard, Cincinnati. There's a five-song EP. You talk about a great way to have mind renewal. It's five bucks and also for sale in the atrium. So you can uh, grab a CD if you'd like that. want you to know that we're praying for you, and uh, we love you and hope you have a, a great week this week. God bless you.